Welcome to the People Experience Pulse podcast, your gateway to the new frontier of human experiences at work. On the PX Pulse, we're all about elevating experiences, fostering belonging, and building remarkable workplace cultures in a fast-evolving world. How can leaders elevate people's experiences and build inclusive workplace cultures to drive success and fulfillment? On today's episode, Vicki and Jeff sit down with Grace Horvath, president of CP America. Grace leads the strategy and initiatives of CP America, Inc., and national not-for-profit trade association serving independent CPA firms. You'll hear about Grace's path to where she is today, including the pivotal role of mentors and the value of building relationships. She also talks with our hosts about the keys to creating inclusive workplaces, putting people first, and making every day an opportunity to elevate others. Stay tuned as we discover the human aspect of leadership and the power of human connections in the workplace. Are you looking to make your workplace more human? Check out my friends at Coolleaf. What I love about Coolleaf is that it helps leaders create connection, engagement, and recognition. You can celebrate team wins, reward colleagues, and have fun with your coworkers. You can build a culture of appreciation and feedback that boosts morale, retention, and performance. Listen to this clip from their podcast, The Great Retention, to hear how Coolleaf transformed a company culture. We needed a way for people to connect. And there was people who would work together and talk to each other on the phone every day uh, who didn't even know them that well. And they had no way to appreciate them. What we liked about Coolleaf was that there is that social element to it. Coolleaf gave us an opportunity to allow our people to appreciate others that they worked with on a daily basis, but just never saw in person. Not only did it give managers a tool to recognize their people, but from a culture perspective, it allowed people to connect. And it was really cool as a chief marketing officer to see some of the interactions that were happening on the feed, because that's something that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have a tool like that. Coolleaf also simplifies measuring and improving the employee experience with pulse surveys, rewards, and integrations with your everyday tools. To learn more about Coolleaf and how it can make your work more human, visit coolleaf.com slash try Coolleaf. That's C-O-O-L-E-A-F dot com slash try Coolleaf to book your free demo today and see how top workplaces use Coolleaf to put their people first and thrive. All right, everyone. It is a real treat to introduce Grace Horvath to our show today, a dynamo, a business titan, a mastermind of organizational strategy. Uh, She's the president and CEO of CP America, as you heard in the intro, driving growth, delivering results, and empowering her teams to reach peak potential. And uh, everything I've learned about you, Grace, is that you're a force for innovation devoted to making independent CPA firms competitive and profitable and you're just such a, a stalwart uh, member of the the Gainesville community member. I think I saw something like you were a uh, a force. You you got some sort of uh, award for that several years ago, and um, and probably uh, you're you're going to kill me to bring that up, but I had to. Um, but welcome to the show, Grace. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jeff. That's, I'm happy to be here working with two of my favorite people. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, to that point, I am here with my co-host and my business partner, Vicki Flyer-Hudson. Vicki, how's it going on your end? It's going pretty well. Thanks, Jeff. And so glad to have Grace on board. And I'm coming to you from 8,500 feet in Silverthorne, Colorado, where I'm visiting family and working remotely. So it's kind of an interesting 
interesting dynamic here. I'm super jealous. I love Colorado <laughs> and wish I was out there with you. Vicky's been sending back pictures of all her hikes and these crystal clear blue waters and just a amazing uh, scene, but she's been working hard. So, well, Vicki, kick us off on this conversation. I know we're going to talk to Grace about elevating humanity and business, and it's uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations with Grace. So go ahead and get us started. Yeah, so I've actually known Grace for many, many years. We've worked together on several different projects, and I am just so excited to have Grace here today because she lives up to her name. She is Grace under pressure. She is innovative. She is, she just has so much to offer uh, this podcast and in all of her members and uh, member organizations. And she's just amazing. So Grace, thank you for being here. And I want to start off by asking you about your journey. So you have really emphasized the importance of relationships and gratitude in your professional journey. So can you share how those have shaped your approach to leadership? That's a great question because at this point in my career, those, the journey and the experiences along the way have just become so intrinsic to my actions that it's hard to sort of single them out as individual milestones, you know? Um, I was the first person in my family on either side to go to college. And so that was a very, very big deal. And just a little background, I just had a very um, non-traditional trek towards receiving my de degree, uh, which has nothing to do with the job I have now. Um, but anyway, getting there, I just had experiences along the way because I was working and, and unbeknownst to me, I was really setting the foundation for the career path that I would follow versus what I thought I was doing going to school. And a lot of that had to do with my mentors in the university, as well as the mentors that I met in, in my work life. Um, I worked for an international uh, retailer, a luxury brand, and so I had opportunity at an early age to experience <clears throat> people from different countries and their work style, um, and especially, and this was back in the 80s and the 90s, very, very interesting time for women in the workforce and being able to um, work side by side by some very dynamic women who were exceptional considering the times. Um, and then, you know, life happens that, that, uh, that career took a, a real, uh, left turn when we decided to relocate. I was born and raised in Miami where the career I had was also, um, a normal thing in the environment where we were, but we moved up here to Gainesville, Florida, which is a college town and a luxury retail is rather an oxymoron for work. And especially back in the, in the mid nineties when I got here. So um, it was really a challenge to sort of reinvent myself. And I, I think back to the professors that I had, and I think back to the professional mentors I had who really, um, I would say through their guidance, provided me the confidence I needed to literally have to reinvent myself. And that and was you the have. thing. 
you have over and over. And since you've become president of CP America, I've really seen how you are putting even more focus on the sort of human side of business and the gratitude side. Uh, so Jeff, I'll kick it back to you. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting how you talked about how it's become so intrinsic to your actions. You know, there's one thing that all of us humans have in common and is that our lives are comprised of stories and experiences that culminate into who we are today as, as servant leaders. But with your influence now that you have, not only over your own team, but the profession of accounting, you know, you're you're really fostering relationships with leaders across their own practices and you're teaching them to create more human workforces where, you know, they really elevate the employee experience. And that's really what this show is all about. Uh, but to do that, you really have to take the posture of a servant leader. So how have you managed to foster that kind of culture of servant leadership within your own team and the stakeholders that you serve in your community? So my the unintended career path that I was speaking about earlier uh, was <clears throat> started out in sales. And, you know, that is that word stresses people out. If you even say sales, I mean, some people like it, they enjoy it. But again, I go back to the great fortune I had to work for, for an international corporation. And obviously their sales training and such was extremely advanced. And so the first thing that you learn is you really got to get past thinking you're selling anything because you're not, you're, you're discovering what people need, uh, true sincerely, you know, not just some made up need, but discovering what they need dependent on what you're doing and then making a decision through building a relationship and having a conversation whether you have what they need. And if you do, explaining to them how this will help them, how it will make them feel, what it, you know, what is what is the, the value for them. And so what you're trying to do there is build a long-term relationship so that it's not just a one-time transaction. And that really translates as you continue to move forward in your in your career and it begins to evolve and I came here and then when you had to really take a look at okay what's my skill set what is the real skill set and what have I what is my in my toolbox here that I can move forward and it was that the relationship aspect of it and you begin to realize when you start to get in a position where you're managing other people um, that they're not really any different than customers or clients, you have to discover what, what do they need and what do they want? What are the things that motivate them and make them feel that they, every single day that they have to work, I mean, Jeff, you and I have had this discussion in the past, um, you know, work has a purpose in order to be able to, you know, get the things you need in life to survive, right? The, the, the necessities, but you can accomplish that and, and, you know, love it. And even if you, even if you don't love it, you can not hate it. And the way to do that is to be in an environment, I think, where you feel supported and heard and, and have the opportunity to really do the things that you're good at and that excite you. And that is what I try to do with my team 
And that's what we try to do with our with our members, figure out where they're what it is they're trying to achieve and and what are they really good at and helping them elevate that. I think that's really interesting in the context too of accounting being such a conservative field, right? I think typically we've looked at uh, accountants as like heads down, right? So we're not thinking about the touchy feely things as a lot of people think about it as, right? Or the, the way that we foster those relationships with our people. And so it's really a paradigm shift that I think you're leading. And I think you are, you have a unique position as an association leader with the influence that you have, the messages that you're bringing, the way you live it out in your own leadership uh, to model that in the community. And that's what I've seen from you. And that's just a different experience. And it takes maybe uh, some time, right, to bring people along to that kind of leadership mindset. So have you have you struggled with that at all, just as a kind of a follow up to that? Do you mean myself personally or working in, in that in that angle with my members? I think, yeah, just influencing your members to kind of uh, see that that's a, a, a very important priority uh, within their business to lead in that way. So accounting is a very conservative profession. And when I took this job, excuse me, I had no, um, I, I didn't have any idea what this job was. And I didn't know really what it accountants do. I mean, yes, I knew what accountants do. Obviously, everybody knows what they do, but you know, how they are, how they run their business and my my peers, friends, and I'd say you you're wow, you're working with a bunch of accountants. That just must be awful. <laughs> and I I'm like, "No." So, I'll tell you what, when I started and because I was cautious to get myself into a conversation where I would, would just quickly reveal that I knew nothing. I would just ask people about themselves. Um, you know, the, the, the people in the profession, many of them can be a little more seemingly introverted. Um, but I think we all know that there's truth that people do like to talk about themselves if you ask questions and show interest. And because I couldn't really talk to them about the technical aspects of their job at the time, I mean, I'm, I'm good at it now, but at the time, um, just, well, what do you like to do outside of your job? And what, tell me about your family and tell me about your personal interests. And I realized that I was just amongst uh, a, a group of people who were so highly interesting and had such rich lives outside of these jobs that they do. And so when people open up to you that way and you make an effort to get to know them beyond just what do you do, you then are able to have much more effective and profound conversations when it comes to, hey, now we need to talk about your business and what it is you're trying to do better. That is um, so true. And elevating the people, elevating the people. That I don't know that I has necessarily fully answered your question, but but in and how to make this more human. I think since 2020, you know, in my lifetime, that was probably, I don't think in anybody's lifetime that is alive today would recall a time so traumatic and so stressful. And people had to come together in a way that humanity was put first. And it really put into perspective. And then coming out on the other side of it, it's really nice to see in the accounting profession 
that firms are em embracing a hundred percent that the, su the success of what they're trying to do is dependent on the people that are there with them. And those people need to feel that you're looking at them as a human being before you're looking at them as, as, a, as a producer. Grace, I remember when you were a candidate for the current job you hold, so as president, and I remember just hoping so much that you got it because you are a great role model of those two things coming together. So you are very pragmatic, but you also have always put focus on the human side of things. And I think that anytime you want others to do something, you kind of have to model it yourself. And that's what you do. But of course, it's not always easy. And I'm sure that you've had to make some difficult decisions in your career to prioritize integrity over profit, and especially being a member organization. So can you share a pivotal moment or just a, an example of that where that has deeply influenced your leadership style, a time when you had to make that choice? You know, I think you make those choices on a daily basis. And you and I have talked about this and especially in, in the position as CEO and a person who reports to your board of directors and a membership organization where every single dollar that comes in here is not, it is not ours. We are a not-for-profit. So we're, we're not looking to make money and we're not looking to, we, we sell service and we sell value. And so every single day you, you, you have to practically take a look at the business and you have to take a look at the numbers because, I mean, that's how you run a business. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a business venture, but at the same time, you have to make decisions on a daily basis to determine, you know, where making sure that you're prioritizing the value and the experience over the financial piece. And so the financial piece, as I said, is very important because you need funds in order to run the business and to deliver the service and the program to pay really good people, uh, to have a nice benefits package so that you attract great people, um, to be able to run the business in a way that you're not stressing your people out because you're constantly worried about money. Um, but by the same token, what's driving that is the ability to know when you're done at the end of each day that the people that you serve, your constituents and your staff um, know that they can trust you to be doing the right thing where you're putting the person first over the money. Absolutely. Make it makes complete sense, especially in these times. And I think, I mean, Jeff, you had a question around how do the current times uh, affect the employee experience. Yeah, I did. And I, but I, yeah, I think this is, it's so interesting to think about the difference in a member driven organization and stewarding dollars. I mean, even in a for-profit world, you know, whether it's for or not, I mean, the employee experience is so fundamental to the long-term success and the endurance of, you know, how we keep these organizations running and that people can see themselves there. They, they feel like they belong. They feel like they're valued and appreciated. And so 
I wanted to kind of get into that specifically because you talked about, you know, during COVID, but now we're in this endemic world where job satisfaction is just so critical. And you talked about how organizations are now seeing that you have to to really prioritize the human experience and put people first. This is really the whole reason why we want to have this show to talk to a community that is operating and prioritizing the ways in which they're putting people first. So what are some of the practical kind of key measures that you employ in your environment to ensure that your team does feel appreciated, valued, and a part of a purpose-driven enterprise? You have to, you have to ground yourself on a foundation of the mission and the purpose of what the business is doing. And so you have to understand that very clearly. What are the objectives of this business and why do we exist? Who do we expect to be? What should the client, what should the member experience be? And these things you determine are non-negotiable. And then you have your people. And so when you're, when you're communicating that clearly to everybody and everybody understands, I think one of the things that's important, Jeff, is that people need to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So I go back to that foundation. And so, you know, we're 17 people here and you can speak to any of our, our folks and they can tell you exactly why we do what we do, who we're serving and, and what the expectations of the experience are. Um, We pride ourselves on excellence. And that helps you really set the parameters so that then you can, I don't want to say relinquish control, but you can kind of relax a little bit because if everybody understands the mission, it gives you the freedom to really let them flourish in what they're doing and to support them. And there are times that you get somebody who's not in the right boat, you know, they're just, they're just not going to jive. And they're just, and as Vicki and I have talked about in the past, it's not because a a person is a bad individual. It's not because the person is deficient in any way. It's just, sometimes you don't land in the right place at the right time. And I, and we try to make sure that everybody that's here feels they're at the right place at the right time. And that really allows you to relax and let people uh, realize their, you know, realize their potential and do what they want to do. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it, it, it really, to me, it strikes me that you talk about the 17 people that you have and that they're all like, you know, you encounter somebody and they're going to be able to tell you, you know, why they're doing it, who they're doing it for, the experience, particularly that you prioritize. Because so many people will talk about just their their values, their guiding principles, their purpose, their mission, and everything. And it's almost like it's like, I know that it's on the wall. I know that I need to recite it. I know that I need to to know it. But to actually live it out, you know, and to model that in the community so that it's, you know, felt amongst your members, amongst your stakeholders, that's truly unique because, you know, the disparity between the distance between a company that, you know, wins best for culture, best company to work for, and one that doesn't is, is usually that, right. That there's a disconnect between the values and actually how it's lived out in the stories that are told within the organization. So, 
um, to be able to say with confidence that all your people are able to, to say that without any prompting. That's, that's really incredible. I would agree. That is not normal. I think that, you know, most, in most companies, people are, especially the larger a company gets, the more risk there is that there is a distance between the mission and the vision and what people just live in their experience every day. So I'm super impressed that you could pull anyone in that works for CP America and they could all tell you why they're there and what that mission is. That's amazing. But in order to inspire, oh, I'm sorry, Grace, go ahead. Well, I, I think the, the thing that is most frustrating for people and the thing that is probably a really a disservice to people is if they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, you know, I, I mean, and especially if, when you're, when you're trying to, when you surround yourself with very intelligent, high performers, they, you owe them the, the time and the effort to make sure they understand what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. And we make a great effort. Um, and when you ask me about, you know, when you're balancing, you know, doing the right thing with, with finances, I find it's very important to invest in every opportunity we can for our people to be with our members. Um, I like them to get to know them, to understand them. You know, we don't, when, when we are in an event, it's no, the staff is not going to sit at another table and have lunch. I want you to go in with the members and sit down and talk and get to know them, get to know these people because your, your job is, is you're affecting these people. Your job is just the thing that you do, but the result of what you do is you're making all these people's lives better. That's so true. And in the end, that's sort of what any company, their aim should be is whose life are you making better, easier? I love that. And of course, in order to continue as a leader and particularly a CEO to foster that inspiration in your people, you have to have it yourself. So I'm curious, Grace, what is it that inspires you and how do you stay personally focused on the mission and take care of yourself and inspire yourself? I, I just love what I do. I, I just, so at CP America, very precisely, and in particular, you know, I get this trifecta of, first off, I am working within a profession of people who are just highly intelligent people. You know, they're well-educated, they're, they're smart, um, they're different, you know, but I mean, you, you, don't, you don't become a CPA and do the work these people do and not be a very smart person. Um, the, the second thing is that there are um, standards that ground the profession in ethics. So you're also dealing with people who are guided by a code of ethics that's non-negotiable for them. And they're members of the organization because they've made a commitment to continuously improve. So you're, you're just sitting in this beautiful situation here where everybody's here because they're like, they want to get better. They want to continue to improve their skills. <clears throat> Most people come with a real sense of humility. And I'll tell you what inspires me is being around all of them. And I surround myself with a personal network of people who are also incredible. And, and I like to surround myself with, with 
people that are, and I don't mean monetarily successful. I just mean people who have beat all the odds or done really cool things that I never would have thought of doing. And when you get to know these individuals and the fact that they've also had hardships, that they might've come from non-traditional backgrounds, that they have all kinds of different situations in their lives, but yet you see these folks with an amazing attitude. They're always looking forward, They're always elevating others. That is inspiring to me. For sure. Yeah. That's inspiring for me too. And and I, for many years, worked in finance and accounting staffing. And so I talked to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the, uh, in the F&A uh, world. And it just, you know, I, I also, I love what you said about people that are really committed to continuous improvement because we would run these CPE courses. And I mean, just the loveliest of people would always show up, right. And really built community. And I'm just so grateful for it. And, you know, grateful that you're taking a, a you know, and I, and I said this before, and that's maybe stereotypical to say that it's conservative. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there in the world that maybe, you know, aren't or can cut loose, can have fun and all this stuff. But the fact that you're really creating such a human experience as an association that is in a unique position to influence culture across the industry, I love what I'm hearing. And I think it's really inspirational for people to think about within their sphere of influence, whether leading a department, a company, uh, an association, or wherever, you know, that you have the opportunity to lead in, in such a way that invites people to be human uh, and to see themselves within that community and to be seen and valued. So I did want to kind of land the plane, though, with maybe just a practical takeaway. So if you're talking directly to our audience, which are people experience leaders or they're executive leaders that have influence over the way their stakeholders, uh, particularly within their four walls, uh, experience the work that they do. What would you say directly to them right now that you think would be a good actionable takeaway uh, to, to bring back to that, that leadership? <clears throat> you choose who you're going to be and what your experience is going to be every single day. You, you cannot control the environment around you. You know, I, I travel for a living as part of my job. I have zero control over that, <laughs> you know. Um, all there's all kinds of circumstances in, in leadership, oftentimes unpleasant, uncomfortable, uh, stressful circumstances. You can control how you're going to approach that. You can control whether you're going to have somebody who, who wants to help you solve the problem or whether you're going to make people miserable because you're stressed out. You can control, um, you know, you, you can you can control how you make others feel around you. You can control how you make yourself feel. Um, and you just have to make a decision as you begin each day or as you step into each project or whatever it is you're doing. How, how am I how am I going to experience this situation and, and how am I going to influence the experience of others around me? This can be really great, even in a bad situation. You can feel like, wow, well, we did our best and it is what it is. Or in a really great situation, you can lead everybody out of there feeling fantastic. It's so intentional, Grace. This is something that 
in any position you've held at CP America and anything that you do, I've known you for years now, this is the word I would use to describe you, that you are super intentional. And that is such good role modeling for other leaders, for the people on your team. And so we are just so appreciative that you came on to the PX Pulse to share your stories, to share your wisdom. And we're going to put some of the key resources for our audience to learn more about Grace and CP America in the show notes. But Grace, thank you again for joining us on the People Experience Pulse. It was amazing to have you. I really enjoyed talking to the two of you. Thank you very much for for having me. Uh, it was a nice, very nice experience. So um, I, I hope I was able to throw out a couple of useful things. You know, always. We say I I think I do well because I surround myself with everybody who's smarter than me, and I figure that's pretty much everybody. So hopefully, you get a little something out of that. Grace, that's why we do this show as well, is to surround ourselves with people that are smarter than us. We're on the learning journey right alongside you, and it's been such a such an incredible time really talking to you, and I know that our audience will get a lot out of this. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of the People Experience Pulse. We hope the words shared in this episode have inspired you as much as they've inspired us. Now the real challenge begins putting what you've learned into practice. The change you create, no matter how small, could be the spark that ignites an exceptional people experience in your organization and beyond. If you found value in today's conversation, we'd greatly appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Your feedback helps us deliver high value content and reach more listeners like you. You can find other inspiring episodes and additional resources at our website, thepxpulse.com. Join our community at thepxpulse.com. Thank you again for joining us on the People Experience Pulse. Until next time, remember, the heartbeat of any organization is its people. Let's make every pulse count.